take your Bibles, open them to the book of Psalms, Psalm 37. Psalm 37. How many of you are enjoying the passage series this summer? I'm enjoying it. It's been a lot of fun just uh, being able to go through the scriptures without necessarily a specific theme. Each week's a different theme within itself. And uh, man, this has been a a rich uh, time for me in preparing and uh, just studying God's word. So this morning we find ourselves in Psalm 37. Um, Several weeks ago, maybe a couple months back, I talked about worry. Here in this psalm, they interchange another word about not fretting. We, we don't usually use the word, I mean, maybe you do, but I don't use the word, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in a fret or I'm fretting, but some people do. But here's my prayer. I pray that today that you have been, man, that song is just running through my spirit, that he's changed the atmosphere, that you're aware of his presence, that you have slowed down, you have relaxed, you've been thankful for the cool air in this sanctuary. Thank you, Jesus. But you're just with him. And I pray that it'll take you to a place that you won't leave so quickly. Uh, Let me tell you what worry is. Worry, fretting, is a a slow burn. A slow veneer, if you will. It burns in our heart. It burns in our soul. It burns in our mind. Fretting means that we try to be in control. And there's one thing I keep learning. I've got so little control. Even when I think I've got control and you think you've got control, you're out of control. So that slow burn, I I just want us to slow down and intake the goodness of God this morning. And the worries that you came into this sanctuary, this living room with, I pray somehow you'll just set them over to the side. No, I don't want you to set them to the side. I want you to lay them at the feet of Jesus. Just lay them right there. You say, Jesus, this is, this is too crazy. Does anybody have that prayer besides me? Jesus, this is too much. This is too crazy, Lord. I cannot handle it. I've been praying that prayer a lot lately. And the goodness of the Lord is here for us. King David is attributed with most of the, most of the Psalms. And he wrote this, and he would say, relax in God today. Be careful not to burn down. As I was studying this about this whole fretting worry, it's about don't get all worked up. Just don't allow that to overcome you. Don't, don't be worked up in this situation. Don't write this down beside this. Don't get heated. Do not get heated in whatever it is you're going through. And that's kind of a funny word in the summer because that's all we think about is heat and getting in the car. And, I mean, don't you just love to jump in your car and it's about 120 degrees when you jump in? Isn't that just the most wonderful feeling? Not I mean, I think that's what they say. They run 110, 120. You know, it's just, it's just gross, you know, and you're so thankful if you have air conditioning. And, you know, I've been doing this little thing like that. I've been looking around and, and I noticed 98% of the, all the windows are up this summer. And that tells me one thing. There's air conditioning working. And every once in a while, I'll see a bro or a sis or something's happened and they'll have their arm out the window. People ask me, Pastor, why don't you have your, hop, your top down in the summer? Because I am no fool. I've enjoyed my convertible, but I got to tell you, after a while, when it's 110, it's 110. And when you got a yarmulke that you wear everywhere, you don't want it to burn. And I wear a lot of hats, but still, you'll burn, you'll bake out there in that stuff. So God wants us to not get heated. In 37, just look here with me. Psalm 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Just 
over Thursday night and Friday, Jeremy and I were in our yard doing some landscaping and working, and we did some serious taking away. Man, I'm so thankful he has a landscaping gift. And we took away a lot of bushes, and we trimmed a lot, and there's this big pile of green rubbish on my street, right in front of the house. And day by day, it's turning more brown. Yeah. And it's starting to kind of shrink a little bit. And this past week, you know, they didn't pick up, but we didn't get it till later. And on Wednesday, they'll come this week, and they'll pick that stuff up, and they'll haul it off, and I'll be ever so thankful. And we, you know, then it can look nice again. But I'm going to tell you, you get your grass cut, you got pretty flowers. The other day, Hannah was in a wedding. They had these incredibly beautiful flowers. And just within a few hours, with, you know, they just begin to kind of wilt. You take them out in the heat, man, they just... I mean, he says here, don't fret. Don't be like the grass that withers. Have a healthy soul. Um, verse is, I want you to see in Psalm 37. In verse 1, in verse 7, and in verse 8, you see this theme a continuity. Do not fret. The psalmist wanted you and I to get that in our soul. He wanted us to get that in our spirit. That we begin to fix uh, our hearts on truth on who God is. And so the question comes to me, who do you say God is this morning? Is he Jehovah Jireh? That just means God is my provider. God is my redeemer. God is my restorer. God is my life. God is my healer. God is whatever. Who do you say God is this morning? Or you say, well, I don't really say anything about him because I don't really know him. I, I know a lot about him. But do I know him? Do I know him intimately? That, that's my prayer. We, we run there. We, we overcome fretting by being stilled in the goodness of God. When we slow down, when we choose not to be in the slow burn, and we steal away to Jesus, then the goodness of God comes through. That's why I think God wants us to come into the house of the Lord and he wants us to slow down from our busyness and activities, and we just get with him in his presence. It's not that this place is more spiritual than your home. Because God lives not in a place made with hands, but he lives in a heart made by him. And God's come to dwell. Oh, there's a, there's a corporate gathering. There's a corporate anointing, I believe. And I believe he loves his house. He called forth his house. But how about in your house, your heart? God just wants us to slow down. Overcoming Freddy, getting our eyes. In, in this psalm, look at what it says right here. It says, don't worry, don't fret because of evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. Have you ever noticed, I, I get there sometimes, sometimes, and I get asked this all the time, at least once a month. Why do wicked people prosper? Why do the wicked folk get all the good stuff? Why do so many wicked folks seem not to get sick? Why do the wicked folk drive around the big Mercedes? Why do the wicked folk own the building I live in? Why do the wicked folk do this? I, I don't know. God reigns on the just and he reigns on the unjust. How many of you are just glad that God's got mercy? I'm not going to say, oh, God, well, you know. Because, man, I, I get so much more than I deserve, and so do you. I love the goodness of the Lord. And I just warn, I want to steal down and not fret, not envy the wicked. I wrote down here, what you get as a follower of Christ will not last a lifetime, but it'll last forever. What you get in this earth, and we enjoy earthly treasures and goods, but what we get in Christ will last for eternity. 
forever. That, that is a kingdom thought this morning. Fighting for our faith, resting from worry, rest from our doing. Look at, so you figured it, you feel it there, do not fret. Look at 37.3. Look what he says here. This is real simple today to outline. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. But trust, abide in God, in Christ. And he's, he begins to talk to us about here, stop, gain your bearings, lay your problems, lay your pain at the feet of the cross this morning. Trust is faith. It's an active faith. We trust. But you know, you're probably like me. If we're honest, we trust in a lot of things. We, we trust in people. People are good. I love the church. The church is made up of people. Do you know the greatest thing about Christ's community? It's the people. Do you know the hardest thing about the Christ's community? It's the people. Huh? No, I didn't point at any of you. You know the hardest, you know, you know one of the good things about our church? Pastor. You know one of the worst things about our church? Pastor. People. And when you trust in people, how many of you learn when you trust in people, people will disappoint? Now, you have trust in relationships. I don't want you to have a lack of integrity. But ultimately, if all you do is trust in people, I mean, have you been in a situation lately you were trusting them to do the right thing, but they didn't do the right thing, they decided to do their thing? It's called getting uh, stuck. And our world's made up of that. I, I, America, we're, we're not very good at that. Genuine, real, authentic faith. faith. So what do we trust in here? Uh, I believe this. The God of heaven will work on his behalf, his perfect will for our lives and what he wants to do. I believe God is active in our life as Christ followers. And I believe that he who began a good work in you and me will perfect it against the day of Christ Jesus. If you believe that God has began a work, begun a work in you, how many of you believe he'll complete it against that day? That's what God's word says. I am confident that I am in a state of transformation, ever transformation, until I get in the presence of the living king. And then I bow down before him and say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and who is to come, the Supreme One. So here he is. So uh, the question is, I just want you right there maybe, who am I trusting in? Well, I'm trusting in my mate. I'm trusting in my kids. I'm trusting in my employer. I'm trusting in this. That ain't a very good thing. And, if, and years ago, people, 12 years ago, when stock market started really getting kind of crazy, people started saying, I ain't trusting in the market. And even gasoline. Lately, you know, right before you get to my house, there's a, there's a service station. And every night and every day, whenever I'm riding through there, I look up and I always see the gas prices. And, you know, when they go up, pastor ain't real spiritual. And when they start coming down, I start getting happy. And I will talk to somebody about it. And lately, they've been coming down, 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 and came home that night, and they had dropped even lower. I went, glory! And we went to the lake that day to see some friends, and I saw the lowest gas prices I've seen in a long time. It was $2.83. I just wanted to stop and get some. A few years ago, you paid two eighty three. You say you're crazy. Now you just got to get some whether you need some or not. That's cheap. And then yesterday, I was just up there the other day at the fourth. Went to my sister's up at Rockford Farm, and then yesterday we went to our friends and rode by that thing. And I wanted to get in and get some of that cheap gas. Now, how dumb is that? Two eighty three. I'm thinking cheap, and it went up a dime. Went back to two ninety three. I'm pretty fickle. So are you. So I'm not even going to trust in my gas pump, okay? You're like, well, that's, that's good. I mean, I am going to trust that it, it's going to get my car where I want to go. Although I'm having a conversation with a mechanic, and he says, get rid of that ethanol. Let me tell you, there ain't a lot that you can get without ethanol. So you're going to do walk, Bubba? All right, here we go. 37, verse 4. Look, look at verse 4. He says, trust in the Lord, but I love verse 4. Verse 4 is probably one of the most popular passages in all the psalm, psalms here. 
In 37.4, you probably already memorized it, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And people are like, the desires of my heart, I just pray them, and Abba, Abba, this is the desire of my heart. I want to be rich. Man, there's a prerequisite. Delight yourself in who? In him, in the Lord Almighty. And as you delight yourself in him, then he aligns, he molds, he shapes, he gives new desires, he gives new appetites, he gives us a longing for him. Then he gives us the desires of our heart. But it comes down to delight. Today I started to do something and, and I didn't do it. I, I, I really did, and I thought, oh, I'd just be messy and y'all just be acting goofy. I, I started to buy 12, 15 dozen Krispy Kreme donuts this morning. Yeah, I did. And, and some of us, you know, don't really want to eat that because we've probably been eating a lot the last few days and we need to cut back. And some of you are like, cheapskate, why didn't you buy them? You know? and, and I was just going to have Krispy Kreme donuts under everybody's seat. So if you would have found them pre-service and started eating them, like, what's this about? You know? Or maybe we were going to walk in the doors. But here's why. Because when I ride by Krispy Kreme and you do, and I see that blinking sign, it's a demon. And, and, and I know it, it, it looks, I mean, y'all think I stop all the time. I don't. I don't even stop at Krispy Kreme. I really don't. But, I, but there's still these flesh patterns that have been there for a long time. And I, and I see it flashing, and it says, come over here, having a party. So this morning, I thought about, what if I get donuts out there? And they'll just be all happy, and then y'all stop listening, and then you have sugar. And I know how some of you do. It's just rude. This is the house of God. But you'd eat it, you'd do that, and then you'd wipe it on the thing. And then I have to sit there next week and... and and my man here, look at him. Brother, you, you would sit there and then your coat would get dirty. You know, I mean, just nasty. So I didn't do that illustration. Some of you are like, well, next time you come up with a good illustration, do it. Okay, all right. So delight yourself. I don't want you to delight yourself in a donut. I want you to delight yourself in the Lord Jesus. Delight in him. And he gives the desires of your heart. As, as I kept reading, delight means to experience great pleasure and joy in the presence of him. To be happy. A welcome break, maybe, from the life you're leading. Look at, write down Psalm 145, verse 9. Or actually, it's right down the middle of your page. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Has the Lord been good to you lately? He's been good to me. He's been so good. He's been good to you. You say, well, pastor, I'm, I'm struggling. He's still good to you. He still had mercy on you. He's still doing something good. There's still something you can praise him about. I'm going to tell you a story about Corey Ten Boom in a minute, and you'll think, oh, I got something to pray, praise for then. Let's continue. Delighting yourself. I want you to fill in this blank. Decisions you make today set the course for the rest of your life. The decisions that you and I make today set the course for the rest of our life. Today, we had a beautiful illustration. Todd and Lindsay brought their beautiful little angel, Chloe, for dedication. That decision was made a long time ago for them to live for Christ. That decision was made that they would dedicate her to the presence of the Lord. That decision was made they would raise her up in the church of Jesus Christ. And the church said, that's a good decision. Now, Chloe will have to make a decision, a commitment of faith in her own heart. Her mom and daddy can't do it as much as they love her, much as her godparents, as much as everybody loves her, even her little brother, as much as he loves her. It ain't enough. But this morning, what decisions are you making? The decisions you make, they're going to affect the rest of your life. I mean, what you're doing occupationally, it's probably based on what you did in school or what you didn't do in school. And who you married, decisions you made then, has really affected where you are today. And I don't know, you just, you know the power of decisions. Decisions scare me. But don't be indecisive where you can't make decisions. That's to be in paralysis. 
And my prayer is, God, help us to make good decisions. You remember Alice in Wonderland? You know, it's a real spiritual movie. And uh, there's a fork in the road, and he and gets there with the old Cheshire cat. And it says, where are you going? Where are you going? And, you know, or it says, you know, um, yeah, where, where are you going? I don't know. But it depends on where you want to go. You know, some of you are like, like I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I want to go. Well, my prayer is you want to walk godly in Christ. My prayer is you want to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, you have to be holy. To go to heaven, you trust in Christ. Let me just say this as clear as I know. You don't work your way into heaven. I've never said that. Never buy into that theology. That's wrong. But I've got to say this as honest as I can. There's some bad theology, and I think there's some very biblical, ignorant, wrong people. Salvate. I want you to write this down today. I want you to write it down. This is probably the most profound thing I'm ever going to say. Salvation is so much more than a prayer. I have people all the time, hey, I prayed one of them prayers, and I live like the devil. I prayed one of them prayers, and I live my way. I would really seriously concern, ask you, do you really have biblical salvation? And the church said, follow Jesus. I want you, there, there's a great movement. They're playing uh, excerpts on um, faith radio. We've been recording them and watching them, son. Fan or follower? My whole prayer is that you'll become a follower of Jesus, not a fan. You know, there's a lot of fans. Jesus got a lot of fans. I mean, go to the ball game. They got those John 3, 16. I don't know if that guy's a follower or not. He's a, he's a, a fruit loop, a nut, you know, dyed his hair, colored in the 70s, you know, like a rainbow. Just weird, okay? Unless God told him to do that, I don't know. But the bottom line is, are we a fan or a follower today? Delighting ourselves in the Lord. Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust in your provision. I trust your, I make wise decisions. I have new confidence. I seek your guidance. I don't delight in myself. You know, this delight thing, I, I'll, give you, I'll give you an illustration that'll work for you. How many of you in this room like coffee? Just raise your hand. We want to pray for you right now. No, I mean, look at you. A lot of you. That's awesome. When we uh, added our new building and we decided to renovate this thing, I was so excited about you coffee drinkers and the people that would come to Christ Community. We created a coffee bar. Now, personally, I'm real type A, real driven, and can get a little crazy sometimes, and I hate coffee because it just ruins carpet, okay? But you get happy, and that's good, and I like the way it smells, and I go out there. Except just, here's a little tidbit, just don't fill it to the top, okay? Because I've watched some of you, you stand there and you shake like this. And I'm like, man, look at them. But here's the reason I tell you this story. Acquiring a taste. I think drinking coffee, you have to acquire a taste for it. I don't think you're born and go, Mom, I want a cup of coffee. You just don't. You acquire a taste. And do you know, Don and I, we'll just tell you it's five decades and a little change. And we never acquired a taste for coffee. Now, our girls did. Went off to university, and they found out what a coffee pot was, and they began to drink coffee. And they love it. Got all that stuff around our house, and man, it's, it smells heavenly. And every once in a while, Don and I go, hey, you know, about you know, every decade, we'll try some. It's horrible. But here, here, here's what I'm trying to tell you delighting yourself. And here's what people say. See if y'all can answer. The first cup of the day, it is delightful. But you go, oh, nothing like that first cup. I can't tell you, I ain't had a first cup. I had the last cup and don't want no cups, okay? But I'm telling you the illustration because I don't want you to forget it. I want somebody to go, oh, that's a cute illustration. No, remember the point. Here's the point. The point is delight in Jesus. Delight in the presence of the living God. Delight in him more than you do the air you breathe. Delight in the Lord. 
That's what he says. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. If we delighted in Christ like we do coffee, if we're coffee drinkers, we would probably be out here spiritually when we church. Some of you are like, man, you'd mess that up. Next time I drink a cup of coffee, I'm about to be spiritual. Well, you know what? Hey, that could help. Okay. Do you, here's what I wrote down. Do you have a taste for the things of the Lord? Over a hundred times in the Bible, the word delight, delightful, delighted, you find that word or derivative of that word all through the Scripture. Isaiah 58, 14. They, then you shall, or you shall delight in the Lord. Experiencing delight. Corey Ten Boom. I love her. Her and her sister were in concentration camps in Nazi Germany. Tough life. And I read a story about it. I've read many stories about her faith, and her faith was off the chart. She was not a fan. She's a true follower of Jesus. They were uh, groped and searched and taken abused by men and perverted ways. It was horrible. In this story I just read about her, she was one day in the line, and somehow she'd gotten a copy of the scriptures, a part of it, and she would put it down in the drain, and she would pull it out. And this particular day, she had it on her. She loved the word of Jesus. And she prayed, God, make me invisible to these soldiers. And the woman in front of her was searched and wronged. She was the next one. And the guard didn't see her. And he took advantage of the one behind her. And I believe why I tell you that story is she was a woman that had a heart for God. She pursued him. She delighted in him against abuse, against atrocities, against whatever she went, persecution. I always read about Corey Ten Boom, and I just go, woman of faith, great God. Great faith. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law he meditates day and night. That's what the psalmist would say to you and me today. Are you meditating? Remember, I started the whole passage series out of the Psalms, and I talked about meditating on the Word. Psalm 119, verse 11. Meditate on His law and His Word that I won't sin against Him. We looked at all the things about meditation. Here it is again. Delighting. I want to show you this screen. The picture's going to come up. Oh, I don't have my clicker. Look right there in the middle. It's not showing up as good as it did on my iPhone. It's a little distorted. You know what it is? Rainbow. Yesterday, kind of yucky, went to one of my good buddy's house, hung out, lives on the lake, and we went for a ride earlier. Sorry, Jerry, y'all missed this. We went for a ride. Yeah, it rained and rained and rained, and for 40 days it rained. Oh, no, that's a song. No, okay. okay anyway, it rained and rained, and then it stopped. And finally, it broke off, and we went out for a ride, an incredible boat ride. And his wife is legally blind, and she loves the Lord Jesus with all her heart, soul, mind, and strength. And she has this thing. She goes, God's rainbow. There's a rainbow. And she's always, all day she took, kept talking about the rainbow. And we're just like, you know, she's just closer to Jesus probably than the rest of us. And we're riding down the lake and looked up. Now, she didn't spot the rainbow. I told you she's legally blind. Donna or somebody found that rainbow. And I said, man, that's what it is to delight in him. But as we came across the lake later evening, I've not done this in years and years. I want you to look at this next one. That's beautiful Lake Martin at sunset with the sun going down. You see the vivid, majestic skies. I was on a pontoon boat. Everybody else was in the front. 
your pastor was laid back in worship in the awesome presence of the Lord. And God says, I'm giving you an illustration for the more tomorrow that it's going to declare the glory of God. And man, I sat there and I looked at that and I worshiped and had some tears and worshiped and worshiped and took picture after picture. And this is with my iPhone. So you're saying, well, if I just had you Brooke with me, I can't imagine what you could have done with all your cameras and your eye. But that's not a bad picture, is it? Off a little cheap iPhone. Here's why I show you that. I love his creation, but God just says it points to me. Delight yourself in me, Keith. Delight yourself in who I am. I'm the God that made that sunset. I'm the God that restores. I'm the God that redeems. I'm the God. Oh, I love this one. I'm the God that resurrects. I am the Lord. I just, I just had to share it with you. Look at, look at this one right here. Direction of your life is determined by your desires. The direction of your life is determined by the desires that you have. If you have carnal, fleshly desires, it will dictate the direction, the course of your life. But if you choose to get an appetite and a heart for God, to love Christ, to love his pages, to love his ways, those desires become your delight, then the Lord grants you the desires of your heart. And this morning, many of you have great delight in the Lord. And I want to say, bless you. Awesome. Good job. And some of you are like, you know, i got to be honest, really not delighting in the Lord like a shed. Today's a good day. Today's a day to repent. Today's a day to return to your first love and say, Jesus, I love you. So he says, don't fret, don't worry. He says, trust in the Lord and do good. And then there in verse 4, he says, delight yourself in the Lord, thinking about him. Uh, and then he would go uh, to this, the whole thing of trust. Give me this passage out of, uh, I think it's going to come up next. Is there, there it is. Everybody knows this. It's on little plaques. It's on walls. You have written this. Everybody's memorized it over the years. But this morning, I just thought it was so fitting. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. I didn't say that. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, your own intellect, your own knowledge, but lean not on that, but with all your ways, submit them to him. And then he will do what? Then he will make your paths straight acknowledging the lord i pray you're acknowledging him at home you're acknowledging him in your life and your work and your play lord I, just that if you got your bible open to psalm uh, proverb 3 circle verse 5 the word trust trust i love that word there just trust in the lord lord i trust you i lean into you i guard my heart lord protect my heart you know i, I hear this a lot just Follow your heart. Let me encourage you, don't ever follow your heart. Your heart is wicked. Your heart is deceitful, said Jeremiah. Now, I pray you get righteous, holy desires by committing your way to the Lord, but don't follow your heart. Follow the Lord. Ask him. In Mark 7, verse 21, you can write this down because you want to look at it later. Jesus says this, For from within, talking about the heart, out of men's hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, um, uh, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, folly. All these things come from within. The heart in the Hebrew would be the core of man, would be the core of his emotions and his being. 
And we say bless their heart, we're saying bless their very being. And out of our being flows evil. Unless it's being sanctified and transformed by the grace of Jesus and the mercy of God, day after day as we meditate, as we contemplate, as we follow him, then he begins to transform. In Hebrews, he says, the word is active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, it judges thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word, it calls my heart for what it is. Deceitful, sinful. The psalmist earlier says, or in later chapters, create in me a clean heart, O God. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Because he knew that he had missed the mark. He knew that he had gone astray. And this morning, I'm just praying that God's saying, lean in, trust me. I like what John Piper said. Some of you love to listen to John Piper and read him. Deep man of God. Bethlehem Baptist Church pastor. Really, But he is a, he's a very deep writer. But listen, to I love this quote. It's probably one of his most famous quotes. God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him. Let me say that again. You need to write this down. This, this is good stuff. You need to write this. Nobody needs to leave your worship guide on the floor. You ought to just take this quote away. Put it on your refrigerator. God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him. Why don't we live our lives to bring God glory? And he's most glorified when I have aligned my desires with his heart, with his desires. And I'm satisfied. I, I just love that. I had to, so finding delight, resting in him. Look at, move down, almost there, 37 verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Let God guide your steps. Lord, I choose you. I choose you to give me direction. Lord, I'm not counting on some of your ways. I acknowledge you in all my ways, as Proverbs 3 told us a minute ago. Lord, I'm committing my marriage, my kids, my anger, my pain, my heart, my friends, my possessions. Lord, I commit it all to you. Lord, protect your name. Bless your name. Bless your work in me, Christ Jesus. Lord, do something powerful. Look at this right here. It's going to come up Psalm, I mean, uh, Proverbs. Pro, uh, it's Philippians chapter 2. He says these words, In your relationships with one another, uh, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but to do what? Rather, he made himself nothing, absolutely nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in the human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's Jesus. Therefore, God did what? He exalted him to the highest place. He gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on each under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen and amen. Amen, church? Jesus, he's exalted, not us. And, and, and God says, delight yourself in Jesus, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Jesus is exalted, not us. But it's so easy for us in this world to be exalted or want to be exalted. But I want you to see this, verse 7. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Here's this word. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Be still before the Lord. I'd write on the margin there, wait for him to act, 
wait on God's timing. I don't know about you, but I like to get way out in front of God. Matter of fact, I'm pretty good at it. It's not a good trade. I just got it. Uh, can I just say if I'm getting good company? How many of y'all try to get way ahead of God? Any, anybody want to join me in that camp? We're starting a small group this Thursday. Yeah, we need it. How about we're going to start a large group? Because <laughs> if you're honest, most of you would be there. You know what I'm learning? God's timing's perfect. His timing is perfect. It's never my agenda. It's never my clock. It's never on time with me. Even this morning, the Heavenly Father showed his timing to me. Man, he's just, he, he amazes me. But you know what I've learned? The enemy gets you and I busy, doesn't he? And he gets us distracted and he gets us running in different directions. And Jesus, Jesus just radiates the goodness of God. Jesus reveals the power of God. So this morning is, we looked at this simple psalm here in 37. Let's just look at it. I, I want to read it to you from the message. Psalm 37, 7. It says it a little different. It says, quiet down before God. Be prayerful before him. Don't bother with those who climb the ladder, who elbow their way to the top. But quiet down before God. 